Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, friends. Hello, friends. I am Shen. And I'm Lei. And welcome back to the Wildly Net Podcast. Welcome <laughs> back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I always wait for like the playback to see like how alive do we sound? <laughs> oh my God. Today's like hardcore fake it till you make it. Because why? Oh yes. Tired. It's been it's been a week. It's been a crazy week. It has. Let's let's check in. How are you doing? Tell me how your week was. Uh my week was okay. Uh the hectic in in sorry. Is that a, a siren? Yeah. <laughs> um, I, thought was, I thought it was Leon whistling. <laughs> <laughs> no. This oh my god, the sirens. Okay. Anyway, sorry. So yeah, my week was okay. It was busy. I was trying to get Yara's passport. I already like complained on on the story. I mean, obviously, by the time this airs, that story is it's already long gone. But nonetheless, I complained about Passport Canada being like an absolute shit show. Like yeah. it's just crazy how long you have to wait for a passport. It's ludicrous. Um, but yeah, like no, I'm just yeah, I'm okay. I'm doing okay. I'm just tired and frustrated, and I think that like I'm just. I don't know. I'm just tired of like husbands and husbands, husbandings. I, I don't know how to I, I want to turn the word husband into an into a verb. <laughs> husbanding. Husbanding. I, that's what it that's exactly what it is. Like it's just I it's just so frustrating. Like I don't know if their brains just work differently. We're like they only can handle so many things, but I like resent the fact that they only can handle so many things. They like, feel like on any given day, I'm thinking about 17 million things. Like I'm thinking about all the different things that are required to help this household run smoothly. And then I'm thinking about the things that my students need. And then I'm thinking about my family, my, my extended family, my dad, my mom. Like I'm, I'm thinking and doing and planning and preparing. And I just feel like he gets like three things to think about. And then <laughs> if I give him a fourth, he's like, oh, oh. What what do I do? Like, yeah. So, anyways, I'm not gonna get into the specifics, but I just suffice to say that today he dropped the ball and it really pissed me off. And I'm just annoyed. And I'm just, it's I think it's like a tipping point because I think there was other things that I wanted him to do that he didn't do. And then it was like, I give you one task. I explicitly asked you to do this, and then you didn't do it. And seemingly seems unapologetic about it. I think that he does feel bad, but I just think, you know. They, they just yeah they process things differently so he's just processing with violence he's not on bended knee yeah which is exactly <laughs> what i need like i'm pregnant right and then i think it's like yeah like i think that's the other piece too is that like everything gets you on the verge of tears so i'm like and that's yeah. even more frustrating i'm like i don't want to cry about this because like like like, like non-pregnant land wouldn't cry about this and i don't think this is cry worthy but like i want to cry <laughs> oh, no. about this right so, yeah, it's just, yeah, today I'm having a, a, a shitty day, but um, all in all, I'm happy for this podcast. I'm happy for this opportunity to be able to vent, to be able to do something that feeds my soul <laughs> and connects uh, with people that I love, like yourself and our fabulous guests who we'll introduce in a little bit. But before we do that, <laughs> take it away you know and tell I, me how your day is going or your week. You rather. know what I want to ask? How is Yara doing? <laughs> I haven't seen my little friend in so long. I know, right? I want to check in on the kids today. That's, a, that's, such a, that's so good of you to ask. Thank you so much. She is doing well. She's um, 
she is excited because she's excited about going on a vacation. She's obsessed with airplanes. I've been dying to take her to like Pearson just to watch planes like take off and land because um, she loves planes so much. And I, that's just something that I've been meaning to do and I just keep forgetting. Um, but when she, every time she sees one in the sky, she has like a freaking heart attack. Like at every the world stops because an airplane is flying. So she's super pumped about the vacation and went to school and told all of her teachers and friends. And I was like, whoa, Aww. okay, pressure. Um, but yeah, she's excited. She's excited about this baby. She thinks the baby's name is Maya. I don't know why, but she keeps calling it Maya. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, yeah, she's been good. She's The tantrums have gone down. I feel like we haven't had as many of those because um, I think this is a, her vocabulary has expanded. So she's just getting better at being able to articulate her feelings. Um, but, and she was having some hardcore separation anxiety so there were like some awful mornings where like it was like a month and a half of nonstop crying every single time if I dropped her to school Leon dropped her to school like incessant crying at the door and she never used to do that like she's been going to like childcare since she was like 14 months and like no tears and out of nowhere like the crying like would not stop um and then I was just trying to research as much as I could about it and learning that like it's probably like the visible um like the very like the visibility of my stomach and like now her like understanding that, that there's going to be a change so it's like I guess I didn't even think that that would be the case because she seems so excited about it but it's just like yeah like multiple truths can coexist she can still be excited mm-hmm. and still be like re- like anxious and you know reluctant so um that was some interesting perspective but I'm glad that like that season has come to a close um but yeah she's she's good she's spicy the only thing that's annoying me I guess the most about her now is her diet like oh. it's just like she just wants to eat fries fries yogurt like everything like, i don't <laughs> like that that's yucky i don't like that that's yucky everything is yucky except fries yogurt strawberries and like i don't know the odd time cr- crackers so <laughs> that's so interesting because she wasn't a picky eater before no and I, I tried to set that up by giving her and exposing her to everything mm-hmm Excuse me, but for whatever reason, like I find, yeah, now it's just like she's refusing a lot of things, which is driving me crazy. Um, so I'm trying to be patient. And friends, if you have any tips about, you know, I know there's like feeding littles is one. And there's a couple others that we follow that are helpful. Yeah, but- I follow a few. I'll send you like follow a few on my personal page because I oh. found that it helped helped a lot because winter went through that a little like stint of not wanting to eat everything. Oh, yeah. And I started making everything smaller. Like her breakfast, she wouldn't eat her breakfast. So I started making like mini eggs and mini pancakes and mini pieces of chicken and giving her like chicken wings instead of whole chickens. Yeah. And she starts, she started eating and I, I got like those toddler plates. Yes. And she started eating everything. Like I had them before, but then I stopped using them because I thought, okay, maybe she's too old now. Yeah. And then yeah. I started using them again and she started eating everything. Like her appetite came back. So I thought that was interesting. Just that random really that it worked, but it worked. Yeah, so she's weird. still very much like, like, like we still kind of feed her like you know like larger, like, I'm mean, smaller portion sizes, but it's just like the refu- like everything. It's just like before you even like oh yard you no I don't want that I only, I want fries like it's like she's telling you right off the bat like girl whatever you want to offer me don't even bother like I, I ain't <laughs> in it. So it's just yeah it's it's an odd thing, but I mean I'm gonna try whatever you suggest because I mean who knows. I just feel like their behavior is going to be all over the place right now. Yeah. Because winter has been taking me on a ride these last few months. Oh, yeah. I mean, she's been a lot better. I could say that I'm, I'm like very happy with the progress. Maybe she's processing more. And I think she's becoming a bit more intuitive with what's going on with me and her and processing that she's not going to have me as often because I'm sick most of the time. So now she's just like, oh, how are you feeling today? Are you better today? Do you need ice? That's (laughs) so cute. It it makes me feel so bad because she knows that like I'm either like fun mommy or out of commission mommy. Never like in between. I'm either slumped or (laughs) or I'm here today. (laughs) Poor thing. But, you know, I think that definitely affected a lot of her behavior because she was trying to get more attention Uh, for me, you know, because she was getting really anxious about it. I find like you could I could see it on her. I just knew I could see it on her face. So she started doing a lot more different things to get my attention. Mm. Um, But, yeah, she's I mean, I think she's just processing. So I'm trying to be patient with her. Okay, that's Um, good. um, 
But, you know, I'm trying to be patient, y'all, but I'm tired. I'm tired. Keyword trying. And that's, <laughs> but I mean, I'm also so happy for the guest that we have today because I ended up speaking to her like personally because <laughs> one of my biggest, biggest struggles with winter. And I feel like I dropped the ball. Like I dropped the mom ball here, guys. I have winter in my bed. She is has mm. taken residence in my room. Mm-mm. where <laughs> and I don't even know how it escalated to that point but now I'm just like so confused every day with where my life is gonna go here <laughs> with getting her the hell out of this room <laughs> and it's such a struggle because now I'm at the point now where everything makes me uncomfortable I can't sit up I can't lie down I can't sleep in my bed without feeling like I can't breathe Mm-mm. or my stomach's too big. The baby's moving too much. So I'm stuck in a position. And then there's winter who feels like she owns my bed now and is like basically kicking me out the room Mm-mm. because she wants to sleep beside her dad and I should move over. So I'm like, Ain't you it. know what? This is because, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this will become a problem. I need some help. <laughs> I need to call in the professionals. That's it. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, with that being said, we should introduce our guests. Let's our do seconds. it. As per usual, or extra long, but I'm really excited to have Akira with us today. Hello, hello, hello. Akira here. <laughs> <laughs> Thank How you so you? much for having me. I'm so good. It was so nice <laughs> hearing a little bit about your sleep journey and and just being exposed to the understanding of like everyone's journey is so unique. Wow. Um, so it was nice to kind of check in with you before we met um, for the pod, just to see kind of what was going on with your sleep. So we could talk a little bit more about that and get to any questions and any myths or anything you want to debunk, anything you want to talk about. I'm here for it. Um, I could do a little intro if you like. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. But before that, so, before yeah. that. We want to check in with you. How was your week? Oh, you know, like, I feel like the theme for my, my weeks or days or hours is just pivot because Mm. it just changes as the wind blows. So (laughs) like, I'm trying to get into a space where it's like, whatever comes at me, just attack it, address it and move on. I have a couple kids in kindergarten and the um the plagues that come out of that kindergarten are rampant mm-hmm. <laughs> and it feels like there's a different virus coming home every other week so yeah. it's just you know about managing that and pivoting and trying to get the kids back on routine and that whole thing um but keeping a positive mindset I'm excited and grateful I still get to work you know in and amongst and around all of that going on so it's good it's good that's awesome pivot mm-hmm. I need to, I need to, right. <laughs> but I feel like when you're pregnant, yeah, ladies, and you guys got two little young babies, you got to give yourself way more grace. Yeah. <laughs> you're giving yourself, you're not dropping balls. You are doing what's within your means and it's all temporary. That's all true. temporary. We can fix anything. That's true. You're right. We do mm-hmm. need to be kind I mean, of to makes- ourselves. Mm-hmm. That that makes me hopeful. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in the spirit of giving mothers grace and giving them their flowers, um, I think it's time to nominate a bomb mom, is it not? Oh, yes, absolutely. You know who I would love to nominate? Oh my goodness, a mom that I'm I'm working with that is so bomb. Um her name is Tanisha and she runs the, um, the season skillet. I believe her IG is she yeah, just attacks awesome. everything. She's so remarkable. Um, we've been working together a little bit and I've been like cooking everything that she does. And she's been sharing all this amazing stuff on, in, on the internet about mm. like home rentals. And she's just like such a, a fun, calm, positive place to yeah. be on the internet right now. And I'm oh. really trying to protect where I show up on the internet and um, she's been a bomb mom in my online space at the moment. <laughs> awesome. I love Tanisha and her page is bomb. And I mm-hmm. can use a lot of her recipes. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Listen, I don't know. I'm sure I, the name sounds super familiar. So I know I've seen it on our mm-hmm. uh, W2TN Insta. I just started following her personally. My goodness gracious. These are meals that she's prepared. 
Yeah. yeah. Lord have mercy. I've cooked several of them and like so mm-hmm. easy Those to follow. The steak bites. Oh my yeah. goodness. They show up yeah. like bi-weekly. Ah, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. Wow. This is incredible. A true bomb mom. What an mm-hmm. awesome yeah. nomination. I know, honestly. I can't believe we haven't nominated before. I've been following. Wow. This is delicious. I think I share her on our stories a couple times, but I I don't think we've nominated her yet. So yeah, perfect. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. All right, Akira. So you're here and you're fabulous. And like we know why we love you and wanted you to be here. But we want um our listeners to know more about you. So would you mind just giving us a brief overview of like who you are and what you do? Um on your on your special little platform there. Yeah, absolutely. So I am a sleep expert, a childhood sleep expert and sleep advocate. Um, I founded the organization called the Sleep Good Company, where I am the founder and lead sleep consultant. Um, so if you reach out on social or anything like that, it's me who you're talking to. Um, I'm pretty active on there as well. So always come and say hi. Um, so what I do is I help families achieve sleep. So I help families that have uh, struggles with their little one sleep. So usually anywhere from the newborn age or preparing for baby all the way up to, you know, school age, preschool age. Um, well, what I pride myself in my business is that I create customized experiences where you can help find, um, solutions to your sleep problems. So a lot of, uh, what you'll find is, you know, there are common sleep situations that you will enter and, you know, like, your baby might take a long time to fall asleep, maybe falling asleep feeding or waking up frequently. Those are pretty common things to Google and you'll Google them and you'll find a variety of, you know, opinions and you'll find a variety of solutions. Mm -hmm. And many times those solutions or opinions don't resonate with you or are not something that align with your lifestyle, your parenting, your beliefs. Um, So what I do is I kind of consider myself like a sleep broker. So I find out as much as I can about you and your situation. And I really try to understand your experience parenting and your experience with sleep. And I align you with a um, strategy or multiple strategies to help you achieve your goal. If you're a parent that, you know, does shift work or someone that doesn't want to hear their baby cry, or if you're immobile or whatever the situation is, some of the common, um, sleep solutions don't work for you. So um, as I've grown in, in this business and in this world of sleep, I've, I've had to see parents turn away, deserving parents turn away from, you know, solutions with sleep because they felt that they couldn't do, you know, the, um, the strategies that were out there. So I've made it a mission that, you know, maybe you may not get the dream, but you can always get some type of support. So it's absolutely my mission to help families get um, you know, some type of solution because sleep is for everyone. So that's, um, you know, a little about my business personally. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's, it's hard to like get to the personal stuff. I feel like it's like work mom. And then like, what's left. (laughs) So I am a mother. I have three beautiful daughters. I have a six-year-old, a four-year-old and a two-year-old. They are just the joys of of my life. Um, I definitely had my, um, journeys with sleep with all of them and they all had very unique experiences. So, um, often I will relate my own experiences to the work that I do. Um, I am married. We just moved out into kind of like the country. So we're kind of in like a very, um, rulish area that's like up and coming, but we oh, wow. over, like we had like a pandemic move. And so it's just like a really nice change of pace, really peaceful, like really nice. The kids are happy. It's calm. It's just, you don't, you feel like you're, you're in your own little bubble there. So I'm really enjoying that, like change of, of pace. 
Wow. Um, so yeah, I'm like, I, I, I'm newly becoming an outdoors person since I moved because I was like, man, people are out here with like ATVs and fishing and doing all yeah. kinds of stuff. Wow. So I newly started rollerblading. So I am like this hot mess, just up and down. <laughs> my but I've determined by the end of the summer to like be, you know, mom at it. So we'll see. I might have to share some of that stuff, journey on my socials to see um, how I improve, but, um, yeah, so I'm rollerblading and, you know, just trying to find little things to do to spark joy. That's good for you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I feel like you're like the third person that I know who's made that move. Like I have two friends, one who like, uh, like a, a colleague who like, um, had a home in Scarborough is now renting that home in Scarborough and has bought a house in Uxbridge. And she like was showing us her son, driving on his driveway in a go-kart I'm like that's your driveway he like fishes every night and like she's like into interior design so her house is absolutely stunning but she's like yeah like we're like so into the country and we're such city people at heart Mm -hmm. but we also really love the outdoors and we're like yeah like you know we just whenever we want the city we go into the city but Mm -hmm. this is our our our, our every day and then there's another friend that I went to school with like she's like actually like chronicling her journey of like building this home it's like it looks like a farmhouse oh, wow. mm. and she has a barn oh, cool. wow she has a whole barn I'm like this is wild but I think that like that's not like uncommon I don't know if it's the pandemic that like really like showed people that they could live that kind of lifestyle and be content I don't know I think um, that had a lot to do with it because like you're yeah. spending so much time in your home and it was yes. like I, I really want to love the space that I'm in and mm-hmm. the area that I live in opposed to just like going and finding experiences and things like that so it was really about like especially when you work from home too like you really want a place that like feels good like that energy and just yeah vibe and and I have like very small kids too so like they don't want to play they want to be outside they want to be in the road and like run out with no shoes on sometimes yeah like all kinds of stuff right so (laughs) it was just nice to have like a a slower pace and who knows like you know we'll give it a couple years and see how it goes um, they're still young enough to like move around if we need to, but we're going to try yeah. it for a while. I'm, I'm definitely enjoying it. Awesome. I love that. I think, and I also think it's like the older you get is the more you value like peace. Yeah. <laughs> and the slow paced life. I'm Cause I am you. very much like used to love the city. I have been living in Durham for, since I was 12 and I hated it and everything I did, I completely try to avoid being here all my (laughs) jobs I just tried to be as far away as possible and now I couldn't run home any faster yeah (laughs) I feel like I can see I can see myself eventually like moving to a rural place getting a farm having my own crops like (laughs) I could see myself living that life it, it's funny because I am afraid of outside as well. <laughs> I was going to say, I was like, I don't know who would be tending to those crops. <laughs> not would not be- me, of course. <laughs> <laughs> you would be in a hazmat suit because at the site, not even of a bee, of a tick. <laughs> You'd be like, I'm out of here. Nope, I'm yeah. out of here. House for sale. <laughs> but when you move to these rural areas, it's not ticks and bees. It's like spiders with wings. Oh, like things that you've never seen before, <laughs> like things that like you think are are fictitious, <laughs> like spiders with wings and lashes. Oh god! <laughs> oh, I've had to like grow some like a strong stomach for these bugs because I'm I'm definitely not like a nature person like that. But you have to get used to the bugs. That's one thing. Damn. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm gonna rethink that. <laughs> yeah, let's go visit Akira first before you, you know, you, need, <laughs> yeah. you contact your realtor anytime. <laughs> See if I survive. Right. All right. So, um, a question I have: since you're a sleep consultant, do a lot of people ask you like how it is with your own children? Like, do you struggle? Oh, yeah, and I'm so honest. <laughs> like, I'm so forward to say that, like, just because. I can make my kids sleep all night through the night mm. and independently doesn't mean I want to. <laughs> so I think it's really important to like separate, you know, everyone's experience is so unique. Um, yeah. Each of my children, and it's not even like their own unique experience. It's, it's you know, when they got a new baby, mm. I had to change my approach and then another baby changed the approach and, you know, it's constantly evolving. Um, my children do sleep very, very well. 
The biggest mm. piece for me is that I wanted them to feel safe in their sleep space. And it was always important that they got enough sleep. As long as they got enough sleep and they weren't scared or uncomfortable in their sleep space, I was like, anything else I can handle. Um, mm -hmm. What's really helpful in my experience is that like with my kids, they're great independent sleepers. And now we have fun with it. On weekends, they jump in my bed when they're not feeling well, you know, we can snuggle up together. We can have sleepovers because they're, they're flexible sleepers. Mm. Uh, but when they do go mm. through regressions, like many kids do, and I notice that, you know, things are, are going off the rails a bit. Okay. We need to put some structure back in, but there are some parents that thrive on routine. There's some parents that, you know, are very organic. They don't like to look at clocks and they want everything to happen naturally. So it's really, you know, what your, what works for your lifestyle. So for me, my kids are amazing sleepers. They do what I need them to do for my life to work well. <laughs> um, but, you know, we definitely hit our bumps in the road. Like my two-year-old, for example, she's not even two and a half and she dropped her nap like three months ago. Wow. Which is oh, no. so rare. And people are like, there's no way. And I'm like, trust me, I know it's kind of a thing. She definitely is ready to <laughs> drop it. <laughs> but it, like I battled with it for so long and I'm like, why, why am I like focusing on the numbers? I see the signs. She's ready to drop the nap. We're dropping the nap. She was so much happier. She stopped waking up at night. I tell you, she was napping and she would go to bed at 10 PM, maybe midnight. Wow. Because she was having too much daytime sleep. Um, finally, when I stopped mm. napping her, she, I'd put her to bed at, you know, 7.38. She'd wake up at 7.38, happy oh, as a clam. Nice, nice. But when she was having the nap, she was consistently, you know, going to bed late. We're battling. She's waking up at four in the morning. We're battling. And I was just like, you know what? I just need to call it what it is pull the nap, do what I have to do and keep moving. And then once I, you know, came to terms with what was going on, um, you know, everything changed. So it was just about like, like pivoting again and just finding solutions and, and they sleep great. Like, like I said, they do what I need them to do. So I can't complain too much. <laughs> That's so what, at what, at what age does that, does that nap? What is that nap supposed so to fall? Normally, <laughs> commonly yeah. in children, it's around three um, you start to see, you might start to see signs like two and a half early signs, but they're not really ready. So what you might see is like, maybe, you know, they'll, they won't have a nap for a few days and then they'll start napping again. And then they'll, they won't need it for a few days. And then they'll start napping again, um, until they're ready to drop it. So it's a very long transition in most children. Mm. Some kids will go, will start kindergarten and like the weekend before they're still like napping on the weekend. Some kids will, will nap on the weekends and, and go to school, you know, and have no nap in the day. So, wow. Um, it depends. Like eventually you'll, you'll wean it off once they start school, but usually around the three-year-old mark they'll start to drop interesting which is also great just age to transition out of the crib so yeah and and the thing is like like we chatted you know about your yeah. experience there's there's many other things to consider so while the age may be telling us to drop the nap the rest of our lifestyle and you know balancing everything is it really the right time <laughs> to remove oh. it so. <laughs> oh <laughs> no but that's true though because you know what Yara still goes like she on her Montessori she naps every day mm -hmm. and she naps on the weekend and she's mm -hmm. going to be four in December and she's going to kindergarten in September. So she's going to be off for the month of August. And I intend then to work on we weaning her off the nap. So she's prepared to mm -hmm. be napless in thing. But like she like lives for her nap, especially on the weekend. And like still she's like napping, like not like at school. She's I guess maybe because there's more distractions. She'll nap for like an hour. But like at home, like on the weekend, she'll nap for like two and a half hours. And it's a good and break. She'll like still go down to bed <laughs> at like 9.30. Like she wow. naps. But I think that like, I don't know how much of that is like her or how much of that is genetic because I love to nap. Mm -hmm. Child, I love a good nap, girl. Mm -hmm. Me and her dad. <laughs> we are both it's absolutely genetic. Is amazing. it? Yeah. Can I, is that a thing? Yeah, there's, there's like, definitely like a correlation. There's people who yeah. are just like, you know, they're just morning people, yes. or they're night owls. It's totally like genetic. It's, it's not like you really condition them to be that way. Yeah. Um, and then they also like will evolve into like their, um, their minimum and maximum sleep needs. So some kids may be like, eight hour a night sleeper some kids maybe 12 hour so yeah. you know, everyone is is will fall anywhere and in between the spectrum that's true Yara used to be a consistent 12 hour sleeper wow she was amazing now she's giving me more of an eight nine hours 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I still don't mind, especially because like I she's taking a nap. Mm-hmm. And so it balances out. <laughs> yeah. If she's napping well and she's happy and she goes to bed without resistance and she sleeps through the night, then you know, don't don't fix it if it ain't broke. Right. I always say, like, just because she's at the age of, you know, commonly when kids drop a nap. Yeah. If, you're, if your lifestyle permits and she's happy, then I say, like, just go with it. Like, you know, school's coming. You already have the plan in your head that you know you're gonna start to prep her. But until then, then I say just enjoy a little two-hour break on the weekend come on <laughs> do you so maybe <laughs> I feel like maybe because I'm forcing a nap still in the day because mm-hmm. it gives me a break because she's so hyped all day yeah mm-hmm. that maybe I should just like let her be because when she doesn't end up taking the naps which is usually on the weekend mm-hmm. because we're usually a lot more busier then she goes to bed much much earlier mm. and the thing when you take away the nap they still have a drive to sleep though. So even though, you know, they may not want to sleep and you take it away, if you're going on an evening stroller walk, or if you have to pick up your kid from said location and drive them home, it's very likely they'll fall asleep in the evening, or they may Mm -hmm. just like, you know, if they're in a wagon ride, they might fall asleep. So even if you're pulling it and they're not fully ready, if they fall asleep in those evening hours, then it's like huge bedtime battles. It can cause frequent waking at night. So it has to definitely work for the the routine and the schedule so if um the nap helps prevent them from being too tired in the evening um then sometimes it's helpful to keep it around for a little bit but actually what i do in my practice is um i do work with families you know um, i create full programs i work with them for extended periods of time but i do like little mini check-ins um so i could you know look at schedule and determine hey like I know you feel like you want to drop the nap, but maybe you shouldn't because of X, Y, Z. So it's really, really personalized to understand like what works best for your family. Mm. So I was like, I was listening to something on the radio the other day and a lot of people were talking about because of the pandemic, a lot of children's sleep schedules have been Mm -hmm. thrown off, which is Mm. affecting them at school, which equates to a lot of parents using melatonin Mm -hmm. and I was so curious about your take on giving children melatonin even small children like I don't know much about um children taking melatonin as much as adults so melatonin is something that originates in our body so it's a Mm -hmm. hormone that our body produces that helps um encourage sleep so conveniently the highest levels of melatonin are present where um it's normal and natural for us to fall asleep so in adults it's at our bedtime um and then you know it'll be very high and then as we sleep throughout the night it it leans its way down and then by the time we wake up in the morning there's no melatonin present Mm -hmm. for kids those melatonin levels rise and fall throughout the day because they have naps they get tired it goes up and down um many children who have um you know perhaps sleep illnesses or they have certain disabilities really benefit from that melatonin production because they have um, a difficult time um, neurologically um, triggering the production of that hormone Mm -hmm. to help them calm down and sleep so um, with a doctor's you know support and observation it can be really helpful to some families to um, Mm -hmm. you know offer them melatonin in a controlled way so that they can sleep better. So I've definitely worked with many families to actually help weed them off of melatonin. Uh, melatonin. Um, it is something like anything else that, you know, when used excessively, there can be a dependency um, mm-hmm. on it. It is something that you can overdose on. So um, mm-hmm. the um, article or the um, the broadcast that you're referring to um, was talking about mainly children that were getting into it um, without their parents' supervision and taking too much because oh. um, it's it's um, often as like candies or like gummies or something that is like oh, no. tasty and looks good. Yeah. So kids will take it um, thinking it's candy and then they end up overdosing on it, which is really scary. Um, yeah. But there are like many families that are just like, you know what, like he's had a rough week or, you know, we're having a late night and we just want her to get a good sleep. Let's like pop a melatonin here and there. Um, do you like anything in moderation is, is okay. Um, but I do recommend, like, it is a pretty serious thing to introduce if you haven't like looked into it or researched it, if you're unfamiliar with it. So you can always, you know, talk to your health practitioner, um, to get more information. But if you are struggling with sleep and you're like, Oh gosh, this child is just not sleeping. I've tried everything. Let me just give them melatonin. 
I would say like, if that's the case, don't let that be, you know, the first thing or what you think is the solution. Mm-hmm. Talk to your doctor, find a sleep professional. I know like when I first started in this business, I didn't know that this profession existed. Um, so <laughs> there are like actual people who are trained, certified and understand what's going on with sleep and sleep health. Um, so, you know, if you find someone like me, a sleep consultant, sleep coach, sleep expert, like there's so many names, um, you know, they can, sometimes easily identify what's going on. So sometimes you might be having a challenge that you think you can't solve and, you know, a professional can identify really quickly that, you know what, your schedule's off or, you know, your baby's hungry or mm. your, your bedroom is too hot. And that's the reason yeah. that you know, your child yeah. is waking up. So it could be some of these little tiny things that, um, you know, we may not notice, um, but a professional can identify. So um, it's definitely helpful it's a great tool when used in the right way. Um, but it's not like the, the only solution for sure. Man. Yeah. That definitely seems like a last resort. Yeah. Yeah. Something I'd never considered. I know that like I, Yara has like a lavender sleep spray that like mm-hmm. I'll spray on her bed or whatever, mm-hmm. but I never imagined that there's that parents were actually like giving something for kids to consume. But I mean, again, you know, especially on our pod, we're judgment free because I get, mm-hmm. I get it. I get why you get there. You know, mm-hmm. like I've been surprised. there with sleep before and it's like, mm-hmm. yo, I just need you to go mm-hmm. to bed. Like mm-hmm. back in, being Jamaican, we used to get Ray and nephew on the tongue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Rub it on your gums. Like. <laughs> right. So like, I get it. So I you totally get, you get to the point, even personally, like when, you know, I had my first baby you remember when they had a good sleep and you're like, oh man, she was wearing the green pajamas. Let me go and get those pajamas because <laughs> yeah. had a good sleep. like, is she itchy? Like, what yeah. is it? Like, you're yeah. just thinking the most like absurd things that you know, it's not, but you're so tired. So I could yeah. totally understand you have a mom friend that's like, Hey, you know, I use melatonin or I use lavender spray or I whatever, like we trust each other. Mm-hmm. And, um, but definitely melatonin is something that I would say, talk to your health practitioner, um, but can absolutely be helpful when, when used in the right way for sure. So I have a question because I, there's something that you said, actually, like it's kind of, you know, backtracking a little bit, but I loved it when you said it. And I just wanted you to explore that a little bit more. And you said that for you, uh, what was a priority was that your kids felt safe um, mm-hmm. before sleep. You thought you said that creating that space or that environment where they felt safe to sleep and they felt comfortable was really mm-hmm. important. Um, can you just unpack that a little bit? Cause I'm noticing now that I feel like there is like a bit of lack of safety with Yara and sleep. I think she's now um, really conceptualizing darkness. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's starting to like weigh heavily on her ability to sleep on her own. Like she doesn't ask me to do it. I, I think it's kind of sexist that she doesn't ask me to do it, to be honest. But she asks her dad <laughs> to like beat the cupboard before. So he'll have to like punch the cupboard or like shake the under. She hasn't do all this, all these rituals. Right. Mm-hmm. And like, we just keep it simple. We pray and then that's it. But like, you know, she'll do her prayer with him, but then it's all these other things. Um, yeah. And then she's just, she's just really, really concerned about like, it's dark and where's daddy and where's this and are you coming back? And just tons of things that she never, ever used to be concerned about. And she'll still mm-hmm. eventually sleep, but I'm just very curious about what you mean by creating that safe space for sleep. Yes. Yes. So I, when I work with families, this is like one of the biggest things that I talk about nutrition first, um, and then emotional reassurance because babies recognize, you know, over time that sleep means that there's a separation. They Mm -hmm. know that they're going to be away from their favorite person for an extended period of time. And they'll often protest that even if they're tired, even if they need sleep. So it's really important that they constantly feel that emotional, you know, reassurance that they are safe. And it's all of those instances throughout the day that you have the ability to impact them and make them feel safe and comfortable and, and, and secure, because when it is time for them to go to bed, that's when they're going to be craving it. That's when they're going to mm-hmm. say, I need this. I need you. And, and it doesn't come out in, you know, mommy, I need some support, like, they don't <laughs> yeah. that, but they say, there's a monster. They say, I need a drink of water. I need to go to the bathroom. They say things that don't necessarily make sense, um, you know, based on what they've experienced in the evening. Like maybe they've already gone to the bathroom or maybe they've already eaten, but they will say things because they want that connection. So 
I can appreciate that. Like, you know, we have multiple children, we have work, we have different things to do. We have to clean up so we can, can often rush that experience um, mm. and be like, Hey, I gave you everything. Just go to bed. Like, yeah. you're fine. Like I checked, there's no monster. You're fine. Yeah. But it's not the monster. <laughs> it's just, they need you to feel, they need to feel that, you know, sense of security. And then, you know, younger babies, not necessarily so much, but it's more like a physical thing. They need to feel your presence. Yeah. But as they get older, it's really just kind of preparing them for that separation and kids usually do really well when um they have a set you know bedtime routine yes or a set you know set of things that they can expect um when kids get older I like to get them involved in creating that routine so then it's not like mommy telling you you have to do these things to Mm -hmm. go to bed or daddy telling you it's okay what are we gonna do let's let's figure out what you like to do for you know your sleep routine you like to pick your pajamas you like to do this you like to sing a song whatever it is so they're in control Mm -hmm. um and that also helps you know helping them feel secure uh, when they have those type of choice and they have that control um and it's just you know okay this is what we've done and just getting them to like um you know rehearse it and um repeat it and getting them really comfortable with it and then once you know they're comfortable and with the routine and you're ready to separate from them then those extra things will stop those i want to see mommy i want to see daddy I want yeah like so and it's just and um a lot of parents that I work with will say, you know, they want a um, attachment friendly approach. Um, They don't want to leave their baby alone, those kinds of things. And attachment theory really is just, you know, the the accumulation of all of the opportunities you have to help your baby feel um, secure and safe. So it's not that one moment where you leave your baby when you put them to bed. Um, You're not neglecting them. You're, you've met all of their needs, you know, you're there for them. And it's just, you've done everything that you can in the day. And now Mm -hmm. it's time for them to sleep. So withholding sleep from them is, is neglect. So you want to make sure that they get everything that they need. Um, But yeah, it's a really important piece. It's a big piece that I work with all my clients. And it's just kind of that perspective as well, that like sleep is like a very natural thing. So many parents will expect their children to do it when they um, are ready or when they are supposed to, but it's not always as easy as that. And I think Mm -hmm. it's important to look at sleep, like many of the other skills, like potty training or feeding, Um, like we, we make these things easier for our children by, you know, when we're teaching them how to eat, we boil the food. So it's soft. We give them kid-friendly tableware. We cut it up small so they won't choke. Like we make it easy. We give them steps when they're potty training, we get a little potty that's their size. So all of those things are stepping stones. So same thing with sleep. We need little stepping stones to make sleep more comfortable, more palatable for them. Um, opposed to just like put them in the bed. Good night. Um, it's not always as easy. So we need to look at it in a way that like, this is still new that everything that they do on their own is new, um, including sleep. So it's just giving them those stepping stones to be comfortable and to do it, you know, with ease. I love that so much. Um, I remember, uh, Shan, was it with you that we went to the sleep consultant thing when, yeah, when when we were first, (laughs) yeah. So when we were like on our daughters are four months old at the time. And she said, I remember her explicitly saying, do not go home and try this. I'm telling you to go home, do some more research, get more comfortable. Give me a call, contact another sleep consultant or expert. Do not. I went home that yeah. night and I'm like, we tried it, <laughs> but never didn't work. Um, so that was a rough time. But what I do remember, <laughs> I just, I just went rogue. I'm like, we tried. It I remember tonight. those voice notes. <laughs> It was awful. It was awful. She eventually slept, but it was terrible. Um, But the one thing that I kept at the forefront of my mind um, was exactly what you just said, which is that sleeping is a skill. And she's like, you know, like, I don't you don't want to quit sleep training because you don't quit anything else. It's not like when you're trying to teach a child to um, walk, for instance, like never has there been like a case where like a child's about to fall when they're stumbling and you're like, oh, forget it. You know what? You're too, it's too soon. Like, we're not going to get you to like, we'll just like carry you for the rest of like, no, you're not going to just carry it. You're going to keep at it. Maybe in that moment at that time, you're going to say, okay, you know what? Maybe that's enough for today. We'll try again tomorrow. Uh, But there's always this willingness to try. And that was what like really stuck in my mind as far as sleep goes. Um, And it was that and also learning that um, just be like sleep training is like not something that you're just over and done with once. And that was the hardest part for me because I mastered it when she was like five months old. And I'm like, yes, she's done. (laughs) 
<laughs> and I <laughs> thought I would never, ever have to worry or go back or revisit. And periodically there's been these regressions and it's like, I'm back to my notes. Like what, what did she say again? What do I have to do again? So yeah, it's an, it's an ongoing journey for sure. And what I'd like to share just kind of about your experience. So I, I can kind of, based on how you described it, understand what you did um, for your method. And it's really important that parents understand that sleep training, like the term sleep training is not like a governed um, process. So if I say I sleep trained my baby and you say you sleep trained your baby, we may have done very, very different things. So if someone has Googled sleep training and saw, you know, a strategy and they're like, oh my God, like I would never do that. And so they just do nothing Mm -hmm. um, because they believe that, you know, that is not for them because sleep training can look so different. Um, it's important. Like I always want to touch the people that would say that say, I, I would never sleep train my baby because I want to find a way that you can get sleep that is true to your parenting style and something that you're comfortable with. So sleep training is on a spectrum. So Mm -hmm. essentially what it is, is a, a series of activities to help get your baby to sleep um, more independently, more longer stretches, um, and have like more restorative sleep. Um, a very accelerated way to do that is to have a more hands-off approach and let your baby kind of figure it out on their own, but there's a spectrum to it. So there's also very supportive ways that you can get that done. Um, so what I do is I evaluate by, you know, I have you score and I have my clients rate a series of, of questions and there's different categories. So I understand like how important is it for you to get solutions today? You know, you're, you're sleep deprived, you're postpartum, you need this baby to sleep. Like you're just over it. You really need the baby to sleep. Mm-hmm. We can take an accelerated approach. If, you know, your baby's older and you don't want to hear your baby cry and you're okay with taking like a month and, you know, your goals are not to sleep all night. You just want your baby to sleep four hours. You just want your baby to wake up two times instead of 50. So Mm -hmm. I'm not going to push a, um, you know, a very accelerated strategy. And if you're, if you're struggling with sleep, you've definitely like Googled and you'll see things like gentle sleep training. You'll see um, different phrases. I don't know if you ever heard uh, a phrase like that, um, but it's really popular. Like there's gentle sleep training, there's cry it out. There's all, all these different kind of cry it out. And I really <laughs> encourage parents not to like think about those terms. Like if you chose a, a cried out method, it doesn't mean you're not a gentle parent. It doesn't mean you don't love your kid. And yeah, you know, like, so true. I think those phrases kind of turn people away from, from solutions. Um, so I approach things as is it's an accelerated approach where we get results fast or it's a more gradual approach. Um, the gentleness is on you. <laughs> if you're a gentle yeah. person, I don't know. Um, but I, hmm. I, I just sleep is just for everyone and there's always a solution. And it's really important that, you know, parents aren't traumatized through mm. whatever method that they choose. Um, I did some things that I wish I didn't do. And now that I know better, I can do better, but I don't blame myself for choosing that at that time. Cause that's what I needed to do. And that was True. the solutions that I had in front of me. Um, so I think it's just about like finding someone like me that can expose you to different <laughs> options so that, and it's not even just like me per se, but like just, you know, doing the research and understand yeah. that this is, this is something you can actually get help with and you can find yeah. solutions um, that are helpful. Cause I work with clients at every level. I work with clients that, you know, they use cry it out or let their baby fall asleep independently, mm-hmm. however you want to call it. Or there's parents that, you know, hold their babies until they fall asleep and then put them down and we just have a different strategy. So there's a lot of different ways that you can get sleep for your baby. It's just, you know, what works for you. And, and I'm determined to find that right avenue for each person. I really like that you pointed that out because I feel like a lot of people do put like bigger labels on these different methods. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And either deter you or like scare you. Mm-hmm. Um, because I know like when winter was a uh, newborn, that was the ma- like the cried out method was like the main method mm-hmm. that I was hearing and seeing from most mm-hmm. places. Mm-hmm. And I felt very, very overwhelmed by that process because it just didn't resonate with me. I didn't think it was bad. It just wasn't working mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
and I felt so overwhelmed by that process but luckily like winter was very easy like her sleeping process from like three months until two years old was pretty smooth but um <laughs> but yeah I had a hard oh that's why I'm it's knocking me on my ass now but <laughs> getting into today <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah I felt like I kind of obsessed over these different methods where I didn't know what was available. What were the other options? I feel like I, I think I told you this when we had our own conversation is that I really wanted to hear other approaches that didn't that resonated a little bit more with me because I felt so anxious about mm. those other methods. Just mm-hmm. I just, just didn't resonate and I was so overwhelmed by it. So, yeah, I think talking to a professional and just understanding that there are professionals out there for for these things um, is very insightful because you had me consider a lot of factors that I wasn't really thinking about mm-hmm. in regards to her sleep, which had a lot to do with just me, mm-hmm. <laughs> me and my life and my schedule mm-hmm. and how I'm feeling and mm-hmm. what I'm doing in my day and how that's affecting her and how I will get her to sleep or get her out of my room or out of my bed. But yeah, it's... Mm-hmm. Oh no, I'm just thinking about it now. It's just getting me, it's making me sweat. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and talking through it is really helpful. But like you were describing, like there were methods that make you uncomfortable. Like I've worked yeah. with families that said, you know, they don't want to do a certain method, but then after asking questions and getting understanding and, you know, feeling safe that the method is safe and then they've reconsidered. They've said, oh, you mm. know what? This method is going to give me the results that I that I want. And <laughs> I'm okay with, with doing X, Y, Z. Many doctors mm-hmm. will prescribe, like they will tell you your baby needs to sleep more. Yeah. Put them in the crib, mm. let them cry. Like th- that is the method that many doctors will advise you to do it, because it yeah. works it's fast. Um, it allows your baby to fall asleep independently. And once they do that one time, they catch on very quickly. Yeah. Uh, so true. it's something that doctors will often say that you can do, but doctors are actually getting better um, for the mental health of parents to um, actually refer them to people like me to say, Hey, like there's other options. If that's not something that you want to do, um, mm-hmm. you know, if hearing your baby cry is a trigger for you, then yeah. um, there, there's other options. And also not every method works for every stage of the baby. Like, I feel like now if, if I, when I have a newborn, I'd more likely use that method than now with winter because winter is much older yeah. and mm-hmm. more verbal. And mm-hmm. like, I can't hear her in her room at night saying, help me. It's so dark. <laughs> yeah. Somebody come for me. I'm in trouble. <laughs> yeah. I'm so scared over here. Hello. Oh, God. <laughs> like, I can't like, she's not even yeah. crying it out. She's, She's crying for help. I was yeah. like, what do I do? She's about crying to pick up out. the phone and call 911. Yeah. Right? She's like, it's an emergency. But that's oh a good God. point that you made about age-appropriate methods. Um, mm-hmm. So absolutely, there are certain methods that work better. A newborn, per se, can't be sleep-trained. They're, they're neurologically underdeveloped. Mm-hmm. They can't calm their ner- nervous system on their own. So they do need that support. Um, so if you're looking for like formal sleep training, usually around like the four month mark, Mm -hmm. um, uh, three and a half, four month mark is when many doctors will say if they're developing well, their weight is on track, that it's a good time to implement some sleep training strategies. Um, but there's absolutely strategies that you can do with newborns to help them sleep better, but it's not necessarily like formal sleep training. It's just like little tips and strategies and techniques and scheduling and things, um, to Mm -hmm. help, to help babies sleep better. Right. I mean, I'm taking it all in <laughs> for sure. I'm, I'm taking it all in because these are things I have to consider again. I feel like I'm starting all over. Well, I am starting all yeah. over again. And I feel like it's just so fresh. It's like mm-hmm. brand new. It's like, I don't know any of this and I don't know. You if forget. I'm, I'm, There's yeah, so much I completely- to, to pack on in your brain. Like as they grow, like you have to learn how to feed them and then potty train them and yeah. then school and all these oh, things you forget okay. about everything that happened in the beginning I'm starting all over again oh but it's God. gonna be good but you're you're experienced yeah yeah, yeah. Y- y'all are seasoned mamas so sometimes where we would lead with emotions you know with our firstborns sometimes we're more sh- 
strategy with the second, you know, you, oh, you yeah. never know, you never know, but maybe that could come into play a little bit and we can make decisions a little bit differently, but every kid throws you for a loop, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If it's not sleep, it's something else. So <laughs> you don't know. That's true. Absolutely. <laughs> It's going to be quite interesting. Stay tuned, guys. I'm so excited <laughs> to see the journeys for sure. Yeah, no. I mean, like I said, like I, again, I was aggressive when I learned that she could sleep in at four and a half months. And I looked down at like my app and realized she was exactly four and a half months. I was like, let's go. <laughs> this was like a good, today feels like a good time to me. Um, but again, I was definitely at that stage because I, she was cluster feeding at that point. So she was waking up every 30 minutes mm-hmm. nurse. And I'm like, mm-hmm. no. And I, she, having chatted with my, um, my midwife and like my family doctor, they were like, yeah, that she doesn't need to th- nurse every 30 minutes at mm-hmm. four and a half months. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay, bet. as long mm-hmm. as I'm not depriving her of anything that she needs mm-hmm. then fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, Shan, did you want to ask about, uh, winter in your bed or was the security safety question? kind of covering it i mean i kind of covered most of the stuff that like most of the questions that i wanted to ask like personally yeah i think what i want to ask is for our listeners if there are any good tips for new moms and mm-hmm. um their little ones yeah some kind of things to consider um for when shame. in regards to sleep like you said three to four months is a good time to start yeah, it's a, it's a good time to start to see patterns and trends. So when your baby hits around three and a half, four months, sleep should start to feel a little bit like you should have a little rhythm. Nap should be happening kind of around the same time. There should kind of be a bedtime around the same time. And, you know, night activities should kind of look the same. Mm-hmm. If things are just all over the place by around four months, like days look like nights and nights look like days and you can't you know, draw a line from the day, one day to the next. Um, that's definitely a point where like, get some help, like kind of get someone to evaluate what's going on with your situation. Um, maybe you can get, uh, some support, but before that, it's really like just practice. Um, yeah. you don't know what you're going to be like on less sleep. Um, you don't know mm. <laughs> what you're going to be like, like, you know, when you start waking up more, like it's, it's all like a new experience. Um, you know, many babies like are contact sleepers in the beginning, meaning like you'll be feeding them, they fall asleep, you end up holding them. It's a very normal and natural yeah. thing. Um, but, you know, culturally or, you know, from friends or people that have older children, they may give you advice to like, oh, you know, you need to put your baby down because, this or you need to hold your baby because they Mm -hmm. need comfort like really just listen to yourself and Mm -hmm. what you need like if you want to hold your newborn for their nap it's okay if you don't want to hold them because you've been holding them all day long that's okay too (laughs) so um, it's really just like you know taking time with yourself and finding out like what kind of parent you are when it comes to sleeping do you want like because there's a huge element to like is the baby breathing like oh god like that whole thing don't don't want me not if it it makes you nervous you know to not be in the same room with your baby like I'm not going to encourage you at a young age like get the baby in the crib get the structure get the routine like so it all really depends on you know what what your experience evolves into so I say those first few months take time um, but there's definitely like little tricks that you can do um, for your newborns to help them sleep better Um, a common kind of number is like anywhere from 60 to 90 minutes if your baby has been awake it's probably time for them to sleep so if your baby has been Mm. awake um, you know for longer than you know an hour usually um they're probably going to start to develop some cortisol in their system and those stress hormones are going to pop up and it's going to take them longer to calm down. Um, many babies will experience this kind of in the evenings. They'll call them like witching hours. So what happens is oh. baby's been awake for too long, too many times throughout the day. And then that kind of all builds up to like right before bedtime. So if we're catching them at the right times during the day and trying to help them get sleep, um, then usually bedtime is a little bit better, but when they are, um, you know, really ramped up and they're having a hard time calming down in those evening hours. There's lots of things like 
pacifiers are great. Swaddles are great. Um, swings are great. Swings aren't great for sleep, but they're great to help calm babies. Um, so baby wearing, like anything that helps your baby calm down is, is really helpful. Um, but when they start to show, like get older and show dependencies to some of those things. And if your choice is that you want your baby to be an independent sleeper, then things like, you know, rocking, baby wearing pacifiers, those are all things that can become sleep associations. So you may want to pull away. Um, if you don't necessarily want your baby to sleep independently right away and, you know, they wake up a few times and they go back easy and that's okay for you, um, then, you know, don't, don't fix it until it becomes a problem. Um, as long as your baby's getting enough sleep, if they're waking up at night and going back within a reasonable amount of time and like overall they're like content, they're developing, um, you know, just watch for the signs. Um, but really kind of educate yourself, be informed, you know, about, you know, sleep health and like how much sleep your baby should be getting. Um, but really like listen to yourself as well, because your body and your baby's body will, will show you um, signs of those things uh, also. Amazing. I feel like I really have to go back and <laughs> look at all this information. I was like, honestly, I don't yeah. like, Sometimes it can be so overwhelming too. So it's like when the baby comes, sometimes it just all falls into place. Like mm -hmm. you feed them, they fall asleep, they sleep for an hour, they wake up, it's time for a feed. And it sometimes it just rolls off, you know, Rhythm, like, um, but if you you're so. reading and you get overwhelmed and you're tracking and you're like minutes and things like that, but every parent's so different. Like some people loved the tracking. It's helpful for them. makes them feel like everything's getting covered and they're on track. Um, so it really, it's just about that, that unique experience. <laughs> that was me. I, <laughs> I remember I had a little, little clipboard oh, God. that I would pass on between me and Joel. I was like, all right, this, this column is for feeding and this column is for sleeping. We need oh. to know. <laughs> Poor I guy. Don and I are the complete opposite. I, I, that. I, so I downloaded the app while I was in the hospital, checked out, used it for the first two days, gave up. I just like, I'm not, I just am mm -hmm. not, I'm not a checklist. I'm not a tally. I'm not, a, mm -hmm. I'm just a go with the flow like I mean and my midwife was very much like that because she could see because you know what the thing is too like I have like an obsessive personality so like if I start with something I'll like obsess over it and if it's not done right then I'll get like really anxious and I guess my midwife could sense that and she was like yeah so here's what we're not going to do that that's amazing She's like you are going <laughs> to nurse this child um and you're going to know when and she's going to let you know when and you're going to feed off each other because no one knows her better than you do Mm. And you need to trust yourself. And I feel like she just really empowered me so much that I was like, okay, I can do this. So mm -hmm. like, it was the same. So like, I was just, I, I became really comfortable with nursing and then really comfortable with like, with, with changing. And like, yeah, I didn't have like the down to the science when she was eating and when she was changing, but like, I don't know. And I get that some parents need that, but I, I, I couldn't sustain it. It was, it, it really wasn't necessary. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I only wanted to do it to just meet, to, to be, make sure that John was doing things on time. It's really yeah. just me oh, trying okay. to make sure he knew what he was doing. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, he was when he fed her. yeah. <laughs> he was husbanding accordingly. I was like, let me look at this chart. <laughs> <laughs> Daily review. Let me see how you did today. <laughs> nope. You dropped the ball at 2 PM. I knew it. I knew you would. You're getting written up. <laughs> That's amazing. That's so good. Oh my gosh. Akira, you shared so much information and it was yes. so insightful. I can't okay. imagine that moms who have newborns, moms who have toddlers, moms who are thinking, moms like I can't imagine people will not be trying to slide all the way into your DMs. So please, <laughs> please uh, yes. can you just give all the contact information that you can possibly provide so that people yes. can Yes. So you everything is the sleep good co. So co for company. Um, so that's my social. Um, also, I'm the sleep good co at Gmail, www.thesleepgoodco.com. Um, so you can find me anywhere there. If you're active on social media, send me a voice note, send me a message, let me know. But like, I am so often like solving problems in the DMs. Like it's amazing for me. Um, I'm so happy to like answer one question and change your life or, um, you know, work formally with me for like a full intensive program where, you know, we change things at a slower pace. So, um, but I'm here to help. Thank you for joining us. Yes. So, I'm so informative. Brought me back to basics, basically, <laughs> but right on time though, right on time. I needed this. Oh, that's amazing. I, Thank you so have much you for ever done? That. Have you ever done IG lives? Yes. 
Um, yeah. I used to do them quite a bit. Um, I'd have like different organizations have me in and we would just chat and it's, it's fun because like people will hop on and just ask questions and um, yeah. whether, you know, we have specific topics or if you have people that just come on and just like, or even like takeovers for the day where people could just drop comment box questions. Um, so I'm so happy to do that as well. So people don't really know if they need like full support, but they just want to know, mm-hmm. like, is this normal? Or mm-hmm. what can I do to get rid of this? Or do I need more help? Um, so happy to do something like that on the live for sure. We definitely, when we have the kids, we should definitely do a live. Amen. I love that. I think that'd be really, really awesome. It would be. So but we'll good. announce that soon, guys. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'll be here. I would love to do it for sure. <laughs> um, okay. Well, I think we're going to, start wrapping it up here as I sweat. Uh, (laughs) But with that being said, this is a really awesome episode, guys. And if you agree, I think you guys should head over to Apple Podcasts and rate and review this episode or rate and review the podcast in a whole. Um, We're giving you hardcore information here. Hi, Beansy. Hi, my girl. How are you? Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> we have to pause. How are you, sweetie? Oh. Nice. Pretzels. All right. No, I actually hate pretzels. I eat pretzels too. You like them? <laughs> oh, you hate them? No, you like them, right? <laughs> yes, I do like them. Okay, Auntie says she doesn't like them. I don't like them. But that means there's more for you. Yeah. You can get strong. You can get strong. Oh, yeah. My auntie's not the strongest right now. Yeah, but you can get strong like Okay. Okay. I'll do my best. All right. Okay. Bye. Okay. Thanks for the tips. (laughs) Pretzels for strength. There you have it. Um, Sorry, I cut you off. Um, No noise. Um, I stopped myself. But yes head over to apple podcast rate and review us um you can also head over to our website and check us out and contact us if you guys have any comments any messages that you want to send us or our past guests uh you can also see us on ig at wtn podcast where you can find us directly if you want to chat if you have any questions any comments you want to see what we're up to that's where you will find us and we will answer guys there are two of us so we, we will answer we always do. <laughs> um, is there anything else? Am I missing? No. I you Ugh. got it all. You got it all. Sis. Perfect. You got it all. Well, thank you again, Akira, for joining us. You thank you welcome. so much. Such a delight. My pleasure. <laughs> and, my pleasure. Perfect. And with that being said, friends, we will see you guys on our next episode. Because nap time is over. <laughs> Bye. Bye, friends. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.